Support comes from Big Y World Class Market, committed to the community with 80 years of service to New England families. Big Y's commitment includes support of WNPR and the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with your welcome toast. It was Rosalind Russell as Auntie Mame who said, Life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in one bite, two bites, or oops, I ate the whole thing. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to have a good time. My treasured food buddies are here. We want to tell you we are concentrating on spring foods to enjoy. We, we're so happy that it's here. Uh, asparagus that we have, uh, lamb chops done an interesting way. We've got this gluten-free lasagna, Greek style with polenta, and it's store-bought polenta, so it's easy to do. We have cocktail recommendations, wine recommendations. It's a great idea for a coating on the outside of a ham using a liqueur, a chai spice liqueur, all that coming your way. My treasured food buddies are senior contributors Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, Mark Raymond, and hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, Faith. So are you into the spring thing? Oh, yeah. Come on. Love it. Yeah, so uh, warm us up, warm us up. <laughs> Hit me. Are the grills out already? The grills oh, never went away. Grills never got put away. Absolutely not. No, seriously, see, never. I do put mine away, and oh, it, no. it does take me a while to get it out. But and this I, winter especially. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It's been well, a perfect grilling winter. <laughs> I'm all prepped. I'm primed. Uh, we've got this asparagus mm. thing coming up because it's going to start flooding into the markets mm. pretty soon. In the way the world works, you can get it really any time of year. But we've got a good treatment for this. I think you're going to find it to be delicious. Here is a spring thing, and it also can be a Passover thing. We're going to come back to Easter and Passover on our next food schmooze, but we wanted to get this going. We think it deserves a couple of shows. Uh-huh. The restaurant, Alex, you and I have been there together. This is Rotisserie oh Georgette on the Upper East Side in New York. It's a kind of bistro that has just most fabulous. Potatoes covered in chicken fat. Duck fat, right? Ooh. Duck fat. Well, duck and chicken, chicken fat, yeah. you're right. So they nice. do in the spring, mm. you can call them up. You bring a group, and they will do a lamb for you. They'll roast a big lamb, a spring lamb. Really? So that would wow. be a baby lamb. And Ooh. they what are we waiting for? do a whole, the whole thing. Mark, check out, I'm going to pass this to you so because you the ahead. wine that they're going to match, they're doing a special lamb dinner with matching wine. So do you know this winemaker from France? Oh, yeah. Uh, Chateau Costa Stornel. This is like one of the best Bordeaux producers in the world. Unbelievable. Yeah. Are we going? Can I just want to see the lamb there? go around that's the rotisserie oh. machine. <laughs> this looks amazing. Yeah, that's rotisserie Georgette. And a reasonable, holy cow. How, is it? Very reasonable. What would you say, 195 It's 195 So that is a lot of money, but for the courses. And for the wine you're getting here. I mean, so this, some of these wine? wines are $200 a bottle or more. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. That's exciting to know. Mark's on his phone making a reservation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Hold on, I'll be to... right back. <laughs> Modern technology. I'm done. I'm in. Oh, I think I just grabbed the last two seats. (laughs) Put those on eBay. (laughs) Okay. So I've got lamb chops with rosemary and grapes. And Chris just made this for us. 
without the grapes. But Chris, you did a rosemary treatment with you, the sauce that I know you do at the restaurant Metro Beast in Simsbury, and it was so good to have this lamb. And, and it Best was that New I've Zealand lamb. Yeah, New Zealand yeah. rock lamb. It's less gamey, and with rosemary, it's just but flavorful without oh, like so over over yeah. being overly gamey. Yeah, American lamb can have that gamey flavor to it. So if you're looking for that less gamey, Australian and New Zealand lamb have a little less of that gaminess. And yet, if you do the racks like we did today, oh perfectly my gosh, pink on the inside. Yeah. Oh yeah, tender, so, so, so tender. Lamb from America is the one that has the most gamey flavor. Is that it? Mm-hmm. That's Can that's be. been my experience. Yeah, no, that's been definitely. my experience. So that's good to know. This recipe we have this posted on the website was one that I originally found in Food and Wine, and we have adapted it a bit. But we want to give them credit for being the inspiration for this. We're talking about lamb chops, uh, your favorite kind, whatever they might be, and a little bit of chopped fresh rosemary and garlic and red grapes that are seedless. And you add a little bit of dry red wine and just a note of honey. And this all starts on the stovetop in the pan where you're browning the chops in there and then sprinkling on the garlic between the chops and then putting a little fat from the pan in there with grapes Ooh. and a little splash of <laughs> red wine. Really wonderful. Of course, you could do this on the grill if you're somebody who's out, got the grill out already. So why is it that we crave lamb in the spring? I just like when we just ate it. It just makes me feel warm weather. Well, it's seasonal, right? isn't it? It's I mean, seasonal, that's, yeah. It's but, like when they're around. Yeah, the babies, right? That's when we yeah, have the, the baby lamb. Yeah, that's when the babies are. Yeah. Sounds so heartbreaking to me every time we say that. I just <laughs> I I can't even say it. It makes me the biggest hypocrite ever in the whole world. Because you liked it, didn't you? It was absolutely delicious. Let's have lentils next time. (laughs) You know, I I don't say spring and immediately think lamb in my head. I Mm. think, I don't know if it was a function of marketing from the industry or what. But I, when people start talking about it in association with spring, as we're doing now, it starts to seem delicious to me, especially lamb chops on the grill. I like them all summer. But it's, you know, what's I've fun, always, though, doing them in a pan, though, is great because you get all the, the brown bits on the bottom that you could turn into the sauce. I yeah. almost, like, prefer mm-hmm. it, assuming I don't have to, like, clean the kitchen yeah. after. See, that's why the grill is uh, – yeah. I'm yeah. with it. It definitely – you get great results by doing it in the pan. But yeah. if you can do it outside and there's no cleanup. And lamb has a good amount of fat, so it does produce a good amount of smoke. Yeah. Beautiful. Ch- when, it, right? when lamb has a good char, isn't oh, that just oh, delicious? I love it. And you were holding it up by the bone, eating it like yeah. a lollipop. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was using As a it should be. <laughs> I think this, this tip, though, that Chris has given us about which lamb is the most gamey. Some people love that gamey flavor. That's the American lamb. That's the more expensive lamb, though we can't figure out why. New Zealand lamb and Australian lamb, less gamey, a little more on the neutral side right. for people who who say to themselves, I don't like lamb. We find that often they will tolerate and enjoy Australian and New Zealand lamb chops. So that's a great yeah. tip, Chris. You said they're smaller too, right, yeah. from New yeah. Zealand and Australia? Okay, so that's at foodschmooze.org is everything is. Uh, forgive me for saying that so often. I don't mean to drive you crazy. It's just that we know people are piling into the show and want to know where things are, and so it's why we keep telling you. Okay, asparagus, what are some things besides the grill or the stovetop pan or the oven, how can we treat asparagus in a way that feels a little springy and interesting? Add butter. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? I like it raw. Am I the raw? only one yeah. that likes it raw? I love it raw. I can just you even take do that? It, yeah. You can. Oh, can't Absolutely. You do Absolutely. Yeah, I just take it and I chop it into smaller bits and I toss it in a salad just as is. Yeah. I know it has people amazing who shave flavor it. Raw. Shaving is a Shaving good way Shaving it too. and putting yeah. it into salads. Yeah. That's really fun. Huh. I love to blanch it and then I wrap it with prosciutto and uh, some yeah. olive oil. And then salt and pepper. So you oh. use it like a skewer, maybe. <laughs> oh. So I have a question. It's so delicious. Pencil or thick? See, no, I, pencil. I love pencil. The thick. See, I love the thick. The thicker, the better. Yeah. I'm looking in the supermarket to get rid of the pencil. I'm looking like, can I just make my own bunch? Yeah. And just like pick through and get the thickest ones. I prefer to have thin for the fish dishes, and when I'm cooking on the grill with meat and steak, I want the heartier pieces, so the thicker. So you like both. Yeah. yeah I like See, both. I use them as like a garnish on a plate next to a beautiful piece of steak. You yeah. just need the green, and you can sort of angle them right. Right, right. It's all, you got to have the presentation, too. Yeah. Jacques Pepin once said to me, are people crazy? Why would you go for thin when you can get more asparagus from the thick? There's no difference in taste, he yeah. believes. And yeah. so they get stringier. I believe they get more that. fibrous as they get yeah. thicker. That's where people start to peel. And the new thing I've yeah. heard about asparagus is that my technique uh, up until now of just breaking them Snap off right. at the bottom where they naturally break is not a good idea. You're losing a lot of asparagus that way. You should cut them closer to the bottom. Greek yeah, I, I don't cut them at all. I peel them. Because you can eat all the way to the bottom. So I'll take a little bit off the bottom, and then I'll just take a, you know, the horseshoe vegetable peeler. Those are great for that. And yeah. I'll peel it right down. And, yeah, when you get to you the get bottom, the you part. have to peel a little bit more. But it's all edible. Let me ask a question. I don't peel asparagus at all. It just seems like an extra task. But I like your idea. What I'm wondering is, though, can I still get that char on the skin that I usually get in the oven or on the grill? If I've peeled them? Um, on the top part, yes. On the bottom part, not as much. But it's still edible. Does that make sense? So, they yeah, don't become still... poisonous less, at the bottom. Less waste. Yeah, yeah less it's waste. less waste. And that's, again, why I like the thicker ones. The thicker ones, it's easier to do that peeling. So it's a pain to peel the pencil ones. So in the pencil ones, I don't peel them. I'll just cut them towards the bottom. The pencil uh, ones, if you throw in a saute pan filled with fat, you yeah. know, and you just sort of toss them around and coat them, a little they, salt, they pepper. Quick, uh, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I have quick. to put a, a plug in, though, for if you can get asparagus at a local farm, I don't know. Better. Just yeah. uh, not, uh, it's there are some things that it's a little bit better if you get locally than if you get in the supermarket. Asparagus is one of those things. If you get fresh, like pick that day or the day. It's, well, you can grow you, them yourself. You just get the roots and you plant them. I think yeah. they take like a couple of years. Before yeah, you get they a take harvest, a couple of years. But yeah. then they'll last forever in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's better because farms aren't doing it anymore as much because you can't like you can't crop rotate right so in a field you'll do uh, salad greens first and then you can plant something else after and something else after and sometimes you can get two to three plantings in one spot but with asparagus it's in the ground and that's it so for those of you who have gardens make me smarter about this i used to go on a walk just outside of stony creek connecticut and there was someone who had planted asparagus in the front yard. Nice. And so in the spring, those sticks would be shooting up. And it looked as if they had spread to the piece of grass on the street side Mm -hmm. of the wall. Yes, so I'm sure. If, does they it get spread yeah. every year. When you plant them, they look like this. It's like a runner, almost mm-hmm. like a Pachysandra, sort of mm-hmm. like a runner or a strawberry. And you get like a whole knotted mass of them. And you put them and they take a couple of years before you get edible ones. But then once you have them, they're established, they're established and they just yeah. start spreading like daffodils. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Right. So that's either a great thing or a problem. Or a right? problem. Depending or a problem, problem yeah. yeah. Well, if you get sick of eating them, then it's like more asparagus. Yeah. Ugh. So let me, I oh. think I could handle it. Yeah, me too. Totally. You know, we're missing a whole category here of asparagus. The what white about, ones. What about white asparagus? Oh, my yeah. favorite. Oh, my God. You, I, I'm With sorry, mayonnaise. I, I don't taste oh. the difference. No? Oh, they're so tender. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So much more tender. You get them but like, do you taste different? Does it taste yeah. different to you? Yeah, yeah. they're soft. Yeah. They're it's much... almost like a creamy texture. That's and and so uh, you're back to texture again. But in terms of flavor, would you say oh, it's different? Yeah, I think it's a me. much milder flavor. Yep. I don't think Blander. it's as intense as the as the yep. greenest. And then in Spain, you would do it with beautiful Spanish mayonnaise, and then um, like roasted peppers. Yeah, and then the white uh, asparagus. Yeah. I mean, as an appetizer, green is not just the color; it has a flavor, right? Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll. It actually yep. has a, a mild kind of taste to it. Yep. It's grassy, yeah. grassy. Kind of thing. Great and grass. that's missing from white asparagus. Yeah, I, but I, it has its yeah, own delicacy. It, yeah, it, yeah, but delicate. it's but it's very. I agree with Faith. It's the difference. It's hard to really unless you're sitting there and really thinking about it. The taste, it's not like it's two totally different things. It still has the asparagus flavor. Look, sure, it's just asparagus. missing that chlorophyll sure. so, kind of So thing. here is a recipe that we have posted. This is an idea for asparagus, and it's a takeoff on what Mark does. And we have had prosciutto-wrapped shrimp on this show. We've talked with you in the past to do what Mark does, which is to wrap the prosciutto yeah. around your asparagus spears. I love that you do that. Oh, we're just taking so it one step further, and we're telling you to put a little garlic and lemon and grated Parmesan cheese, melt that over the asparagus when it's roasting, and then halfway through you start wrapping it with the uh, prosciutto, and so what you've got is Parmesan uh, underneath that is melty on the asparagus, and then that wrapped crispy prosciutto on the outside. This is in a pan? (laughs) Yeah. That well, you can do so this. Good. You can do this on the grill, and you can kind of. You'll see in our our recipe that you can shake mm. it up in a bag to I'm coat it with it. oil. I'm and doing it. This is good for grilling. This one like this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So good. Well, yours is great all by itself without the cheese. <laughs> it's, a, so it's a it's a you're, meal. You're also it's a meal. Asparag- um, asparagus. <laughs> so here is uh, at this time of year, I do think Italian wines, and we have a beauty. Thanks to Mark Raymond, who is the Northeast Manager for Frederick Wildman & Sons Wine Portfolio. And Mark, within that portfolio, said, you have to know, if you're going to talk lamb and these kinds of spring foods, and you want a red that matches that beautifully, I've got an Italian for you. And I thought, oh, yes, this is a good time of year for this. This is a beautiful wine. Can you tell us about this? And this is posted at foodschmooze.org. Yes. This is from a producer we've had on the show before, Marchese di Barolo, and they're in the heart of Piedmont. And this is Dolcetto d'Alba. Dolcetto is a grape, which means – Dolcetto means the little sweet one. And Dolcetto d'Alba is sourced in and around that village of Alba. And it's just a really great, fresh spring wine. It's all done in stainless steel, so there's no oak. So it's very refreshing. It's got beautiful notes of blackberry and plum. And what I really love about this, because when you start talking about lamb, it's got a neat little herbaceous quality on the finish, a little thyme, a little rosemary, and it just pairs perfectly with the lamb with garlic and rosemary whether you roast it or whether you grill it it's just fantastic yeah, this is a so wonderful wine yeah, i love this what is this a bottle this is about twenty dollars a bottle and now honestly this is in, in the grape is dolcetto 
Dolcetto, so I see. Whenever I think about this time of year, you think of the Italians that roll out a lot of lamb for this, yep. and the Greeks as well. But um, you know, I always go back to Italy, and I think about where this food kind of fits really well. It has an austerity to it. You know, it's savory rather than sweet. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. yet, there's a bit of joyousness in this wine. You know, and it's not sober. Do you know what I mean when I say there's a little joy in here? It doesn't have a heavy profile to it. It's very exactly. uplifting. Yeah. It's a very light and easy drinking red. So people who don't like overly bold, bold reds would really enjoy this. Yeah. But there's enough in there where it'll hold up to what? a hearty dish like in lamb. In fact, it, will it hold up to ham? Because we're going to yeah. do that next. Oh, yes. We've got a great glaze for ham. I a got couple one word ideas for, this, for you. Though. Yummy. <laughs> it is yeah, yummy. That's yummy. a classic word. It's yummy. At this price point, wow. Yeah. For $20, I think yeah. this is like $30, $40 bottle of wine. It's a great, I really do. simple it's, glass it's, of wine. It's the kind of wine that you take a bite of the lamb and then yep. you have a sip. And it, again, you're making that like pan sauce in your mouth. It's just perfect Mark, food pairing. And Mark, didn't you tell me that at the vineyard, you know these people, Very this well, yeah. is their weeknight table wine. Of course, it's their wine. They can do that. But Yeah. This is their everyday house wine. It, because so, it goes with so many because things. Because it's so versatile. It's okay. so just walk out to the tank. Pour <laughs> <laughs> right out. Of course. Which is what Go we do. Go get me another. Okay, Fill so, up the jug again. <laughs> so we're going to um, talk about ham next and all kinds of other things on the start of our spring food marathon this week, next week, and who knows for how long. We're excited about the weather changing, although here in our region, you never know what's going to happen. We are uh, coming right back to you. The wine we were talking about, how to get it, what to say at the liquor store, a picture of the label at our website with everything we've been talking about, including the recipes at foodschmooze, spell schmooze like school, F-C-H, foodschmooze.org. More mouthwatering conversation and fun just ahead here on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. And we'll be right back. Yeah, my heart is numb. Okay, hope that first bite of the food schmooze felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. Just sign up for it once at our site, and we'll automatically send you our show every week so you can listen on your schedule. 
also discover our delicious curated food, wine, and cocktail recommendations. We love talking with you, so we hope you'll stop by the site often and say hi to us. We're always online at foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, Mark Raymond of Frederick Wildman and Sons Wine Distributors from Weathersfield. We are in the midst of celebrating spring here on the show. We're going to do it again next week. Yeah, here we go. Finally. My bones are starting to warm up a little bit. (laughs) A lot of people this time of year as they approach Easter, if that is one of your special occasions, or just get to spring, it does seem for a lot of people that it's ham time. We did lamb, and yeah. so ham and lamb season, we call it. And the whole question is how to treat that lamb. So we've got mm. a couple of ideas for you. Let's talk about this. What kind of hams do we like? Classic do, ham. What, are you talking Unsmoked? about supermarket? Are you talking yep. about from the farm? Yeah. Supermarket. Uh, Virginia supermarket. sent in from yeah. Virginia? What are you talking about? There's honey baked. Yeah. Honey pineapple. baked. I just want it honey baked. Honey you baked. do? I love it honey baked. Yeah. Do you use the little packet it comes with? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sell it on eBay. Do you buy honey baked? Yeah, from the honey baked company. You do? Is yeah. it good? You like it's it? It's delicious. It's okay. delicious. Oh, great. I like all ham, and there's different reasons for different ones. Yeah. Like here in Connecticut, Nodine Smokehouse does amazing smoked hams. Oh. And you can buy whole yeah, ones for Easter or the spring. That is mind blowing. I just take it and uh, put stuff on it, wrap it in foil, and they're already cooked smoked ham. So really, it's just the reheating and glazing process. Yeah. But I'm a sucker for the spiral ham. Yeah. Who doesn't like the spiral ham? You can get all the flavor inside yeah, all the layers. The layers. Yeah. And, I mean, it revolutionized <laughs> ham cooking and eating in America when they came up with that process. What is the process? It's just a spiral cutting around the bone. It's a high-tech machine. Yeah, it's a machine that cuts the ham in a spiral way around the bone. Because I think people were having difficulty because of the way the leg is shaped and how to carve it. But it was difficult to do at home. And this does it for you. It feels very like 1950s or 70s. You know, like it's dainty. You don't have to get your comes in the gold-colored package sometimes. I love it. It's like a Christmas present. (laughs) Right after sliced bread, they invited spiral cutters. What else can we slice? It's a part of our American... Menu Americana. kind of thing, yeah. right? I mean, nowhere oh. else in the world, I think, do they have spiral cut And it's hands. so easy. If you yep. want to put it on a plate, yep. you just cut the nice easy slices. Or if you want it for a sandwich, yep. you're all set. And, and Alex sandwiches. says it, too. Before you reheat it in the oven and stuff, you can spread it pry, apart and, pry and put ball. your flavors right in each slice. Yeah, all right. Cool. So th- th- that is one <laughs> way to one go. Way. That's mm-hmm. the supermarket style, the spiral ham cut. Mm-hmm. Easy to use. Many people know this. Delicious. There are other people who are going to go to farms. We talked mm-hmm. about Nodine Smokehouse yeah. in Goshen. Yeah. I know that the pork at Footsteps oh, in sure. uh, North Stonington, Footsteps Farm, is unbelievable. He's at many farmer's markets. But I encourage you, if you are someone who wants to go more in an artisanal, local way and get a ham from a farmer, then just go online. You will see farms all over our region. And do it now, Who are doing this. Yeah, Yeah, you need to look right away because people run out, and um, there are mail-order hams, hams that you soak in the bathtub overnight from Virginia. (laughs) They're extremely salty. They are very delicious in their own way and just killer with biscuits. Mm -hmm. So lots and lots of choices. We have a recipe posted for you. This 
is an old-fashioned ham with brown sugar and mustard glaze. Mm. This is originally from Bon Appetit magazine, probably, what, 10, 15 years ago. You just are buying a smoked ham with a rind, the shank end, or whatever ham you get. Unsweetened apple juice or apple cider in this, whole grain Dijon mustard, some brown sugar, honey mark. Honey is in there. Local honey. This is a ham that goes into the roasting pan, and you pour the apple juice over the entire ham, and then you wrap it with some parchment paper and heavy-duty foil, and it goes into the oven, and then you take that outer wrapping off, Mm -hmm. and you start using the liquids. Mm -hmm. You're just going to score the ham in that diamond pattern. Now on comes the mustard, the honey, and all that. And you put a glaze on it. goes back in the oven. That's at foodschmooze.org right now. Thank you to Bon Appetit for inspiring us on that. We also have this other idea. This is using a local product from Connecticut. Do you folks glaze your ham before we get into Uh that? Oh, yeah. But how do you do it? My mother did Mm Coca-Cola. Yeah. My mother from Scotland, by the way. So go ahead. Oh, I have a list of crazy glazes that I use. I have one with bourbon. I have one with whole grain mustard. I have one with different spices. So depending on my mood, the time of year, because I do ham all year long, depending on how I'm feeling. Yeah, it's good party food. People love it. Kids love it. And leftovers are very easy to use. I end up using the pineapple with the clove and Mm -hmm. the cherry. So I actually Mm. use the cherry juice and the pineapple juice as my sweetener in addition to Coca-Cola. So, Alex, your mother's from Spain. Did you grow up having ham? Your father was... My dad's from the Midwest. So my mom's introduction into American cuisine was sort of this Americana, middle of America food. So my mom would cook very Spanish food, but also cook very, very American food. And so I grew up with that... Look like a Betty Crocker ham. So, how about ham? <laughs> ham in Spain? Did, did they... Jamon Serrano. Now you're talking about Pata Negra, and then that's that gorgeous. So, my mom actually comes from a couple of towns over from Habugal where they raise these hams. They're called Pata Negra because they have the black hooves, and it's a tiny little pig that has black fur. And they slaughter them in late winter, put them in salt, so they're totally cured. And then after a couple months, they're sliced, and it's the most gorgeous ham you'll ever have in your life. You can find it here, but it's not quite the same because I don't think they're produced exactly the same. But if you're ever in Spain... So delicious. Every once in a while, somebody gets to smuggle it in. Yes, And it is, honestly, the best you've ever had in your entire life. The real hamon sarong. Mark, what do you do with your ham? I didn't get to ask you. Just honey and mustard. A grainy, a grainy. So honey. whole grain mustard. Yeah, exactly. Do you mix the two together and then, and then brush it on? And then glaze it right over yeah, and then simple. put it right Are you right studying with he cloves? Likes, he likes the honey. I'm not, or no? I'm not. Okay. The problem with cloves is they sometimes snap off. <laughs> and then you have the little sticks in there. <laughs> yeah. So here's an idea that we had. If you're looking around for a glaze for ham, and Chris, if you could help me mm-hmm. with this. There is a company in Hartford, Connecticut, Hartford Flavor Company, and they are making these liqueurs that don't have all kinds of additives. They're botanically infused. There's a rose. There's a uh, lavender. Cucumber. A cucumber. Cucumbers. Lavender is great. 40 proof, 20% alcohol. Rarely would you be sipping these out Cocktail of a, a little glass. Great cocktail mix and iced tea. Yes, this one in particular would be great on a ham. Yeah. It's called chai spice. Oh my gosh! And it smells and tastes exactly like a beautiful mm. Indian chai tea. Mm. 
you're going to get the hint of clove in mm-hmm. there, the hint of cinnamon. Oh, yeah. Beautiful yeah, on a so ham. delicious. Chris, would we just pour this over the ham? You pour this over the ham, and when you're baking it would be the best way to start with it. But then I would also take a little bit in a saucepan oh, and reduce it down just yeah. a little bit. Stir in something spicy like a mustard or even oh, a cayenne little, or something. Yeah, cayenne or even horseradish. Just a little bit to give it a little spice. And then I'd whisk in some butter, paint that on as the ham bakes. So I would use it in both places. So first you do it as yep. the glaze, but and from the beginning, because from in the beginning, our recipe, we don't do it till the second half of cooking. This I would do from the beginning. I would pour it on the ham. If you get a ham that's already in foil, I would open it up and pour a little bit in. Or if you got a fresh ham or a smoked ham that you were going to do, I would do the same thing that suggested in your recipe where you take that, pour it over the top of it, first parchment paper, then foil over and bake it that way first for you know at least three quarters of the way and then open it and then I would brush that reduced chai spice wild moon liqueur with a little butter and mustard and just paint that on there. Oh, it would just delicious. be golden. From personal experience, I've found that if I use something sweet and it goes onto the bottom of the pan and you cook it for long enough, it'll start to burn. So mm-hmm. you have to add some sort of liquid to keep all the sweet stuff that's on the bottom of the pan from turning black. That's no good. And another thing you can do is to raise up your roast yeah. by sitting it on top of something. Of course, you can do a rack, but I mean something like uh, Asparagus? Sweet, sweet potatoes. <laughs> yeah, or onions. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, chopped onions work. Yeah. Well, anything carrots, that's raising it up and it's going to infuse. Yeah, sort of sits on it. Yeah. Like one apples? Of the, one of the, yeah. We mm. call it a raft. A raft. make a vegetable raft. So again, this is Wild Moon Liqueurs. You can find these in liquor stores all over our region. This flavor that we like for ham is chai spice, but we also think it would be great in iced tea. Um, maybe drizzled over a, a piece of pound cake Ooh, or ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious ice cream over awesome. ice cream. Oh, yeah. I've got a good ham recipe that I do on the grill. It's very simple and it's really easy. Have you ever seen ham steaks? Oh, yeah. 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 And I, they yeah. come bone I in. I buy them. Okay, so, and they're yeah. very inexpensive, like 2 $3 a piece. And Jones. I, Jones Farm. Yeah, sure. Or whatever. Diamond Ranch. Yeah. So anyway, they're already <laughs> cooked, ready to go. And I looked at that and I was like, that would be pretty good on the grill. So I took two of them home. I grabbed a red pepper and a pineapple. I got my grill nice and hot and I made like Mark's little mixture of honey and mustard together. And I brushed it on to the ham and I cut the pineapple into rings, just peeled the pineapple with a knife, cut it into slices, put that on the grill, brushed that, did the same thing with the red pepper, cut it into little slabs, brushed that. I grilled everything up and it came out Golden. Yeah, beautiful. I took it all, put it on a little sheet, let it cool, and then I chopped it all up. I chopped the ham into, I don't know, like two-inch pieces. I cut the pineapple. And the same thing with the pepper, and I tossed it in there with a little more of the glaze and a little splash of vinegar, and oh, my God, it was like heaven. It was like this grilled ham, pineapple, pepper salad salad almost. And it was just a great way to use those If you folded it up with mayonnaise, you could turn it on like a Hawaiian Hawaiian bread. And it gave me the kind of, I just baked a whole ham with pineapple, but it only took me five minutes. What, <laughs> what part of the world are we in? It's not Vietnamese. Is it Thai? To me, it's Polynesian, like the yeah. islands, right? But yeah, I think it would go all the way over to Thai and uh, also to Taiwan, yeah. right? In those islands. And the Philippines, too. I mean, that pork and pineapple combination. Mm. 
So let's talk about wine, Mark, for ham. You're yeah. hearing the profile of all these hams with these glazes or maybe a little bit of mustard. What would be the perfect pairing? Because I actually think the wine that you brought to us from Frederick Wildman, this sure. is called Dolcetta d'Alba, Madonna del Dono. And so this is from the Piemonte region of Italy. It's $20 a bottle. We've got it on the website, foochmoose.org. Classically, though, for ham, what would we be drinking? Oh, I'm thinking dry Riesling all the way. Dry from, something Riesling. From, something from Alsace. Not off dry unless that's your thing. Well, if, but, yeah, but, it, that could work too. But dry Riesling, it's got that beautiful fruit. It's got that great crispness, that acidity that just cleanses all that sweetness right off your palate and refreshes you for the next bite. I agree. And it looks beautiful. The whites, um, you know, for a spring table, we're thinking beautiful white linens and limey green flowers and thinking spring colors and whites are just, you know, yeah, beautiful, beautiful whites. In the Crocuses glass. and daffodils. And so we wanted to give you a white choice and a red choice. We know some people only drink the one thing. So we're giving you a choice. If you're going red with your ham or your lamb, it's over here. If you're a white wine drinker, I think Mark is right. A dry yeah. Riesling would be fantastic. Agreed. Absolutely. Great Absolutely. for drinking. Yeah. Some Alsace. people would even have Sauvignon Blanc yeah. with a ham oh, sure. like this and these kinds of. Yeah. Yeah. Are people doing lamb and ham at the same time? At our gathering, we do. So then you we can do a both. little bit of both. Yeah, I do the lamb on the wood fired grill, and then there's in the oven there's a, a honey baked ham. Nice. Mm. And so you know we cover everybody. You know because so you, you you typically get the argument at the table. No, I want ham. No, I want lamb. I want them both. I still want to know what people do with those uh, the sugar potatoes. packets of ham that comes come with those packaged hams. Oh yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mix them up with mustard. Yeah. 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 Sure. Makes life easy. During the 1940s, when people were off to war and the corporate food industry started re-engineering things, if you look at your food history. Oh, yeah. And the idea became, because homemakers weren't buying this, where they just gave you boxes and packages of things and said, it's done. They weren't buying it the way we do now, where you can buy a box that has a made peanut butter and jelly sandwich in it. <laughs> That's true. So... They said, no, we don't feel good about that. And so the corporate industry goes back to the drawing table, and they say, what can we do? Aha. If we give them, and they did a lot of psychology tests, mm -hmm. if we give them something to add, they'll feel like they've made it their own. So in essence, that's what we've been talking about here on the Food Schmooze. We've got the ham that we buy at the supermarket. Right. And we are making up our own sauce on the outside because we've personalized it. We've made it our own. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Is that like I the agree. pudding package you add to the Betty Crocker cake? <laughs> the fudge and swirl I mean, around. They, they did it with the cake mix. That's a perfect example, right? The, Milk and eggs. The, just eggs they, and had one, they had one. The oil. In the story goes, they had one previous to this with everything in it. You just had to mix and go. And then they found that people didn't feel like they were cooking. And they so they had you add the oil and egg. And then all of a sudden, it took off because you were actually doing something. And the people who were baking at home mm -hmm. could feel like they could say when they went somewhere with their product, yes, I made this. Yes. Right. Instead of. <laughs> And there yes, is I made it, that. but it was out of a box. And there is something to that. It there makes is. You feel, well, it's it really psychology. Make well, you, you have feel dishes good. to clean. That's a, yeah, something. a little bit. Yeah. I feel different about a ham that has my own sauce on it. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter where the ham is from, I do. I do. I feel and like somebody inevitably, inevitably is going to ask you about, hey, who made the sauce? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. Of course I did. <laughs> and that's a cool it's family you. recipe. Let, yeah. let, me, let me throw in about ham, too. It's very hard to mess up a ham because it's already cooked. 
It can exactly. be done, though. Right? Oh, no. it's been done. It's, but I've but done it's, it. it's not that hard. It's hard to do because it is fully cooked. All you have you to do is basically warm it up. Warm it up. That's it. Yeah. Have we? I'm sensing that people have. Have you burned the ham? Is well, they get dry. You really just need to heat them up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're fully cooked. I think cooked, I've so burned really just cooked. about everything at one point in time. But you yeah. feel like you need to cook Absolutely. it like a turkey. Yeah, that you have to cook it for six hours yeah. or whatever. No, it's oh, fully cooked. I woke cooked. up early, got it the ham in. fully cooked. Unless you're getting a ham. Fresh ham. Fresh ham from fresh ham. a farm yeah, or yeah. That's different whatever. than a smoked ham. Right? All right, here's what we've got on the other side of this. We want you to meet the director of a play that is being co-produced by Longworth Theater and Hartford Stage Company about... These sisters, African-American women who live together for about a century, it is their story, and they cook on stage at the theater live while the play is going on. We've got that, and I want to talk with you about a way that I have found to use that tube polenta that you buy right off the shelf at the market to make a kind of faux lasagna using that instead of noodles. So it ends up being gluten-free for people who have to care about that, or if you just love polenta, here's a way to use that tube stuff. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers, and please make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. For on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week, and to find our food, wine, and cocktail recommendations, our streaming videos, we're online at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. have one more mouth-watering bite of the Fuchmoos coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on more Fuchmoos. This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life, coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, the Hamptons, of course. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Talk with us on Facebook, too. Search Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. We're going to turn to something now, and this is so important to me because uh, for many, many years, I have had taped to the front of my refrigerator an article from the New York Times. I remember I stare at the color photograph of the Delaney sisters, and there was a feature in the Times all those years ago about these elderly women, African-American sisters, and their lives together. And it was so beautiful to read the story of their lives. And it meant so much to me. I cut it out and Uh taped it to the front of my refrigerator. So how excited was I to hear that based on the book Having Our Say, which is their story, 
There is a theater collaboration. Both Long Wharf Theater in New Haven and Hartford Stage in Hartford have gotten together, and they are showing the play about the Delaney sisters. And we want to talk for a minute with Jade King Carroll, who is the director. She's in New York at the moment, the director of this play. It's very exciting to see if you're a food lover because there is actual (laughs) cooking on stage, and that's what we want to talk about, too. Jade King Carroll, welcome to the Food Schmooze. I'm so happy to be here. For people who don't know this story, could you give us a little bit of background about the sisters? It is a play that is about these two women that have lived through the entire 20th century and are cooking a dinner that was their father's favorite dinner on his birthday. And they've lived through so many trials and tribulations to come out on the other side of it. And they're celebrating. They're celebrating their life. It's wonderful. A lot of people think that it is a story about African-American history. The Delaney sisters would say it's a story about American history. And I agree. Jade, can you tell us about how they're cooking on stage and what they're cooking? Yes. They cook macaroni and cheese. They cook chicken. They stuff a chicken on stage. They cook a ham. They dress a ham on stage. Ambrosia, broccoli, cauliflower, rice, um, Mm. a whole pound cake that the sisters make together. Are you hearing from the audiences that people are coming out starving? (laughs) Yes. So one of the things that we worked on was making the whole theater smell. Yeah, um, nice. yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. I wanted everybody to leave on a sweet note because it is a really sweet play. So we're actually cooking Cinnabons and um, <laughs> oh, well, that's we're awesome. great. pound cake and everything backstage. To get the smells so out. So when this you is... leave, you feel and you smell and you're starving. the actual <laughs> play it's wonderful this is my kind of dinner theater this is Is a concession stand (laughs) yeah on the way out you can make a mint and and i think it makes the story seem more real because that's how we we do it we sit around the kitchen and we tell stories right being in the kitchen is where you can have the most intimate moments what i wanted to do and what i think the play does is invite us into their kitchen into the most intimate moment of their life to share a meal with the audience yeah well thank you so much for being on the food schmooze and i can't wait to see this oh i can't wait for you to see it thank you so much thank you jade king carroll who is director of the play having our say it is about the lives of the delaney sisters who lived through an entire century together this is a co-production, Long Wharf Theater in New Haven and Hartford Stage, and you can look at their websites for ticket information. And part of the reason we had them on the show is because they are cooking live on stage, mm. these two sisters. I can't wait to see it. Okay, here it is. It's martini time. It is finally getting here, and we are as excited as we can be. 105 days to go. <laughs> but who's counting? To the yeah. Food Schmooze down. Martini Competition, June 23rd. And oh, it yeah. is going to be at the Pequot Museum, which is a gorgeous place at Foxwoods. There are hotels there for people who get together, as we That's know people do, do yeah. and rent hotels. They're both in the town and on the reservation. Also, As we get closer, we're going to tell you if you want to compete, how to do that. Restaurants are going to be participating the same to you. 
school, and there will be martini stations everywhere. The most innovative martinis that you can imagine. Awesome. We use Absolutely the word martini incredible. in that creative sense. Oh, yeah. my God. It is the hottest music in Connecticut. The dancing is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you want to meet someone, honestly, this is the place to be. <laughs> it is wild, the dancing that goes on all night, the cheering, the competition, and you vote for the martini champion of the year. Your ballots are there. We've got iPads going all around. It's really unbelievable. There's going to be a discount for designated drivers. We want you to be safe. Mm -hmm. It is the most fun in the world. Here is our goal this year. We want to break 1,000. We have gotten to 800 people, and we want to break 1,000. 200 more. We're going to do it. People are pulling in for uh, limos. People That's have designated fun. drivers. People are staying over. You can stay anywhere. Oh, in that area, the there's most, a lot of hotels. Talk about I'm a gorgeous space. So we are excited. This is, I think, one of the hottest parties. You know, with pride, we say it is the hottest party <laughs> in Connecticut. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Gets covered by everybody. And the uh, person you vote for, who's the champion, will be celebrated mm-hmm. in Connecticut Magazine, as always. We'll give you the recipe. We are filing the winners online as it's on. Folding, it is really something. Any dress you want, uh, it's, well it's get dressed festive. Up, yeah. Oh, you see everything. Absolutely. Yep. Oh yeah, you got to have everything. a hat. Evening wear, you got to right? have a cool hat. June twenty third. Oh yeah. Okay. Ticket spots online. You'll see it at foodschmooze.org. Okay, my friends. Mark, when we were doing spring foods earlier on the show, you've got an idea for leftover lamb. What do you do with it? Oh yeah. So. In honor of my great Greek friends, we take a little bit of lamb, slice it up really thin, put it into a little skillet with some onions, and then we grab some pitas and a little cucumber sauce and some fresh tomato. Yogurt. And you make some gyros. I'm getting a little street cred with my Greek friends there. You make them yourself? Gyros or gyros in local dialect. Do you make your tzatziki sauce, that garlic cucumber sauce? That's what you're talking about, right? It's pretty simple, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's what is it? It's garlic cucumbers that you squeeze so they get the... And sour cream. And sour cream. It's so good. It's so delicious. And it's another way to have lamb for the day, you know? Toast the pita. With a little olive oil. Yeah, you put it in a little toaster oven or you heat it up in the oven. And you put some olive oil oil on that pita first, oh, right? Before so you toast. I love that. It's okay, my favorite. good idea. Me too. Greek restaurant. I'm, I'm all about it. Of yeah. course, I'm just Ooh. crazy about oh, Greek food with French fries. <laughs> of course, you gotta have French fries. With that. You too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. How, how about other spring things like shad? Shad. Oh, yeah. Shad row. Don't we have to celebrate the shad run? When, when does that start? It, cook? Oh, it's already going. It's going. Yeah. Oh, I uh, love Shad. Are you yeah. a Shad fan? Well, there's a place right up in Rocky Hill, which oh, yeah, is right around the, the corner for me, yeah. that we get it. Oh, my God. I love so the row. It's huh. one of those things that comes around once a year. Yeah. And it's really Eat fun. It's yep. really fun to get. So speaking of your Greek friends, I've been on a Greek streak, I call it lately. And, a Greek streak? I yep, love it. And so I was trying to think of something to do with this tube of polenta. That, that you, get in, the com- you get in the grocery yeah. store. And I like polenta mostly for what goes on top of it. <laughs> I bought it because I was in a rush. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the label and I thought, you know, there's not a lot of junk in here. It's fully cooked. Let me do this on a weeknight. So I took a, a baking dish yeah. and put a little jar of uh, pasta sauce nice. in the bottom of the baking dish, put a little olive oil first, mm-hmm. then the pasta sauce. 
took the tube of polenta and sliced it in sure. about half-inch slices, covered the bottom with those slices, wow. then put spinach that I had cooked, yeah. squeezed the water out of, yeah. put a layer of that, crumbled feta, nice. a little bit more pasta sauce, yeah. another layer. So it's like a lasagna. Of, without the noodles. Yeah. And I topped it with feta and nice. then just baked it in the oven. So it's like a Greek lasagna. Yeah, you break it in the oh, oven like for it. about oh, black know, 35 minutes or something. Oh, I yeah. did. I put yeah. Kalamata olives Beautiful. in, too. It's one of my oh, kind yeah. of dishes. 35 minutes, done. Yeah. It's like instant casserole. It's a little messy coming out of the pan. But, but not who, a lot of work. It's delicious. It and it's gluten-free. Very moist because of the, the sauce. Yeah. And the is yeah. good. I've had the pre-made polenta where you just <laughs> yeah. slice it and fry it or whatever. It's I think good so. Stuff. It's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. It never dawned on me that it was gluten-free. Of course it And then I was staring at it, and I thought, oh, my God, there are no noodles in here. This is gluten-free. You could set it up in the morning before you go to work, put it in the fridge. When you get home, you throw it in at like 375. Walk so away. by the time you get changed? Yeah. A trick is to, when you come home, if you've made it in the morning, the second you walk in the door, pull it out and put it on the counter. Let so it then it comes up. to room temperature while you're changing into your, you know, your sweats. <laughs> and then at the very end, I turn the broiler on for just a couple minutes. Toast I stand the there and I watch, ah, and that crumbled feta gets, crispy. gets light oh, yeah. brown yeah. in it. Really good. Yeah. That recipe is, as all of our recipes and our wine and cocktail recommendations, at foochmoose.org. Hey, let's remind everybody about our eggs and Facebook thing, right? Because we got our eggs thing coming, and I'm ready. I got 12 little saute pans to fry the eggs. I think Ooh. we're up to more than 12 now. Are we? Yeah. Wow, I'm going to need I mean, more pans. Okay, so here's what they're talking about. We are asking you where you get the best eggs. If there is a farm... A supermarket, I don't know, at a farmer's market, wherever it is. The best eggs you've ever had. If you were the farmer, tell us everything you know. And we want you to do this on Facebook, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. We've got the stream going, and we're going to get to as many of these farms as we can to get these eggs. And Chris, what are you going to do? We're going to just take them and crack them into a pan and just fry them. We're going to do a blind tasting. We're going to choose what the best egg is. And we're going to tell why. We'll take pictures, right, so people can see the difference in the eggs. And we really want to know what the chickens are eating. Are they free range? Are they eating bugs and grasses? And Mm -hmm. And we're getting into the season now where the ground is softening, oh, yeah. and they are starting to uh, come, come off feed. And... I was home on Sunday in the northwest corner of Connecticut. We have a tree right behind my house, and you could see the ground. I was like, what's moving over there? And I looked, and there were two of our chickens yep. digging around, and yeah. they stand up in a pile, and then they scratch with their claws, <laughs> and then they back up, and they peck their heads yeah. down, and then they go back and scratch with their claws and peck. They can move a whole leaf pile. Oh, gosh, yeah. And just it, go around. Wow. Spot yeah, it was spot. fun to watch. If you want to know already where there are fantastic eggs, I encourage you to go to our Facebook site because people are joining in on this with us in preparation for this show. In a couple weeks, they are already telling us where the best eggs are. You will see people talking about, I have never seen a brighter saffron in the eggs that I have found. Oh, yeah. I have never seen, they'll say something, I've never had better eggs in my life. Mm. I didn't know what a good egg was until I it, it, it's so exciting to see this stream and that's at Faith Middleton Fuchmoos on Facebook right now so jump in if you have eggs that you love 
Just fantastic. So we're looking for the best egg. It doesn't have to be farm. It doesn't have to be super. It could be anywhere. So we're most curious, though, about is there a correlation between what the chickens are eating and what the, and yeah. what the egg tastes so like? So we can yeah. get that information on We're going to find That's out. Yeah. Yes. Are they ranging free and are they eating free without supplementation? Or maybe they do. Maybe you don't know. You just say they're just delicious. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask hey, the chicken. Hey, is, oh, what's your favorite? What do you is, like? This is so fun. All of you, I just, as always, a, a treasure to be with you and so much fun to talk about spring food and we're going to keep going so stay with us we're on wnpr thursdays at three and saturdays at noon weekdays listen for my 60 second food schmoozes join the conversation with us we're always up for a good time with all of our curated food wine and cocktail recommendations at foodschmooze.org in new haven i'm faith middleton everybody eats when they come to This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.